0: Podcast name. Chum 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 chum
1: chum 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 chum. Searching. 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 Podcast name. Not found.
0: Hopefully, after a little bit of post-production, and maybe adding a jingle into the start of this, maybe actually sorting out our audio levels, we'll have something... That will resemble the first episode of this new podcast. The only thing is, we don't actually have a name for this podcast. We were messing around with a couple of different things. We thought about the idea of make Racebot funny again, but we got a little bit worried that we might be sued by the 45th President of the United States. So instead, right now, this podcast is called Podcast Name Not Found. My name is Will Vinson that guy over there is mr terry radford and terry i'm going to say your name with a normal voice today none of that 20 second exhalation of the word radford like it was last week
1: yeah it was a a good time to celebrate the 10th birthday for race spot and uh we found out that will vincent has the longest windpipe and can probably say anybody's name like uh he's cheering for soccer
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, like the Mexican um, commentators when they just go, go! <laughs> multiply that by about five times. <laughs> really doesn't help that I, 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 I'm i smoking at the moment. You know, cigarettes are bad. Please don't smoke, by the way. Um, we will talk about a couple of things today. The idea of these these are basically going to be Terry and I sitting down for, you know, a bit of time every week and just chewing the fat. There will be some sim racing conversation there will be some motorsport conversation there will just be conversation about other things as well we will try and keep you know things like politics and religion and all that stuff out of it before we get into things terry i was actually looking for a sponsor and we started this whole idea of a sponsor last week because i was drinking um either dr pepper zero or coca-cola zero cherry flavored you were pretty much along the same line and we were thinking well Seeing as Coca-Cola already sponsored the E-NASCAR series, they can afford a few more bucks to sponsor us, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I most certainly, Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, uh, has all the great tastes of regular Coke, no sugar, and zero calories. Uh, it be- it does, in fact, beg the question, Will, is it the best Coke ever?
0: Ah, um, oh, here we go. You see, we got that bit <laughs> of advertising from America. We don't <laughs> always get it. We did get that one. Do you have the um pepsi max um taste challenge over in america where they claim that more people like pepsi max and they do like coca-cola
1: they do have it but the the problem is is uh you know i see about 50 60 customers every day come through uh the the shop that i work at and i, I never hardly see anybody with the uh, least favorite drink of americans <clears throat>
0: Yeah. I mean, Pepsi is huge in certain countries. And of course, you know, they did that whole thing back in the whatever it was um, to try and actually, you know, increase the market share. Don't accidentally set Michael Jackson on fire. Um, The way I understood it, a lot of the major grocery stores, basically Coca-Cola is at eye level. And then if you want to get Pepsi, you've got to not only go to the bottom shelf, you know, dig a hole for a couple of feet, then try and, you know, lift up whatever's been sat there for the last couple of years. Um, I did actually want to try and find another sponsor. There is. In the UK, I used to work at this crazy place in London, which on one hand was like an American-style 1950s bowling alley. On the other hand was a proper sweet cocktail bar. Now, I worked in the downstairs part of this, which was a mixture of a kind of place where you'd send blue chip companies to go and get absolutely drunk as hell on occasion to play bowling or go in a sauna or um, jacuzzi for some reason. Um, But we also had a kind of like nightclub thing there once every couple of weeks as well. Now, they had an energy drink, which I think would actually put rich energy to shame. Would you like to know what it's called?
1: I'm afraid to
0: ask. This is no word of a lie. (laughs) This energy drink is called Pussy.
1: (laughs) See, if we say that here in America, we get slapped.
0: Yeah, well, in the UK, they kind of got slapped for a bit as well. When they put it into our largest grocery store, Tesco, they actually had to spell it P star star Y. Now, you can still buy this energy drink. However, for some reason, it's gone from company to company to holding company to something else. So when I was trying to find an email to say, hi, would you like to sponsor the world's worst podcast? <laughs> I couldn't actually get in touch with them. You know, this is the sort of thing that if it was Diedrich shit's Red Bull and all that stuff, um, you know, we'd have the money really by now. But we want it to go differently. Unfortunately, we don't have a sponsor. If you do want to sponsor us, you know how to find me contact us but let's talk about that race we had last week shall we because i need to start off by giving you a a very small education level uh, lesson terry because you kept on saying it was the 10th anniversary of birthday tv you said anniversary multiple times well i'm an idiot you are from the (laughs) michael cole and jim ross school of commentary. Correct. Because WrestleMania 25, they kept on calling it the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. And you don't have your first anniversary on the day you're born or the day that you get married. Your first anniversary is if you somehow manage to stick it a year about getting a divorce.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I, I see. There's the thing. The first marriage I had, I never got to an anniversary.
0: Yeah. I mean, I managed the last five years.
1: <laughs> I, I've managed five with this one. I mean, we've managed a kid for for goodness sakes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's always, once you get to the kid phase, it's like, you know, like, I've always said it's either kids or dogs because, you know, some people like kids. I, I love my dogs. I've got a, a Labrador and a Husky. And the thing is, it's like, you know, a cat's a cat. You know, if a cat needs to move house, they'll just move house, they'll, They'll go and take a dump on the hallway floor to tell you that they're not happy, you know, turn over their litter tray or something, but they'll be fine. Dogs, however, like, how do you share the love of a dog?
1: You don't. See, that's, we have three, so it's kind of hard. We got a cat too, but the cat is, he's the thug of the house. He swats at everybody. But for some reason, this is weird, as we were terrified when we were about to have our daughter that he was going to, you know, you'd be jealous and, and hit her. He's actually the nicest thing in the world to her. Like everybody else he runs away from, he walks up to her, you know, gives her cuddles, you know, gives her, gives her head bumps. That keep, like he, he's happy. The dog on the other hand that spent <laughs> the dog, Steve, we have scuba, Steve. He's a mini Australian shepherd. Uh, he spent nine straight months laying on my wife's belly. You know, when we say, where's the baby? He goes up and like, you know plays patty cake with her in the uh in the womb she comes out she's born on his birthday by the way on his birthday Oh. he was not having it he does not like this kid he steps on her whenever he gets a chance <laughs> he does everything in his power to make our daughter's life miserable
0: don't give birth on the date of your pets well it that. was
1: either that or my mom's birthday i i didn't you know we Kind of figured we'd go a day late.
0: Yeah, I mean, with with a parent situation, grandparent situation, that's not too bad in the first couple of years in particular because you're kind of all going to be together at the same time. And, you know, I hate social functions. It's like, you know, let's just combine the two. If you're you're in the part of the UK where I live, you all go down to your local pub, which doubles up as a carvery. You get yourself a nice roast dinner. You sit down, presents, presents, presents. Everyone goes home. I can imagine with a twenty-four hour delay that makes your birthday party stuff a little bit more difficult.
1: Well, in America, they all think they can come down and just spend their a entire week with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they don't know the leave me alone aspect of it. Yeah.
0: It's like, I'm going to Costco for the fourth time this week. Can you not get them? And the only reason why I'm going to Costco is because those places have absolutely no phone signal. It's like, if you ever want to go and be isolated for a couple of hours and still get fed, walk around Costco, get your free samples, then go and get yourself your $1.50 hot dog and your soda drink. That's where people drink Pepsi, in Costco, because it's the only free fountain drink you get. Apart from that, no one cares. Shall we talk about that race last week? (laughs) <laughs> Do we actually want to talk about that race last week?
1: Well, barring all of the cautions, the finish was pretty good.
0: finish was good. The racing actually wasn't that bad. No. I was just far more optimistic about the number of cautions than you. And at this point, I was thinking the night after the race, it's like, should I have given them a fast repair? <laughs> the probably arc- should have. <laughs> but the thing is, if we gave them a fast repair, we'd probably still be commentating on it.
1: I probably would have. Well, the thing was is, so you you looked at some of the people that was involved in the single car incidents, and then you know there was a couple that lost their wing. But we only theoretically had what two or three, you know, multi car incidents in the race. So, yeah. um, it it I think we I think we would have we would have done we would have done well uh, at the end of that one.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, the driving was good. I, I mean i was saying on commentary i i remember when i speedway came out and this is when i was actually still sim racing i turned thousands of laps in it in the first week and in the old um ir 05 stroke 09 indy car you'd either end up hitting that bump in turn number one which would send you up the racetrack you basically got to go second lane down into first or coming out of turn number four, if you weren't careful with the weight jacker in particular you just end up getting snap loose coming off of four and we saw what, at least two people loop it that way
1: yeah but i mean off the exit of four it's uh it's a little bit more difficult at iowa i mean the exit of two you you pretty much have a, a decently straight exit off but yeah. for the wall kicks out at you you kind of have to you know shift the car even in even in nascar forms like when you're coming off that corner in the xfinity car you plant that wall but in the Indy car, you're carrying so much more speed through the center and off the exit. It's yeah. kind of hard to, you know, you can't just yank the wheel. The, the whole car just wants to spin around.
0: It's almost like the opposite of Richmond, in my opinion, because Richmond, I hate coming off a 2. And it does feel as if, like, you, you're trying to get the car settled, but you're still pointing 45 degrees perpendicular to the safety barrier. Whereas for me, Turn 4 at Richmond is actually a bit of a doddle.
1: Yeah, I think that goes the same for a lot of the drivers, and, and we'll see that as the season progresses in the in the Cup Series uh, when they go to Iowa for the first time mm-hmm. to, to finally put a Cup race on that on that racetrack. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the drivers will say the same thing that that it is absolutely opposite of what the Richmond Raceway is, um, in which not very many people like the new style of racing at Richmond or well any short track in the Cup Series.
0: Apart from Bristol, but even then they don't like Bristol.
1: Well, I mean, them changing it from dirt in the springtime back to the concrete surface yeah, is, is good, but I mean, think about the last couple night races. Have we really had good racing at Bristol in the next gen?
0: No. Nah. I mean, don't forget, that used to be the track that was like the, the second hottest ticket in NASCAR after the Daytona 500. That place was selling out every single year. Whereas, you know, right now I could probably rock up there and get a ticket for 40, 50 bucks to the night race, which is a complete change in that car. And I think um, you were talking about this, um, affair with me last week about, you know, the, the current cup car in particular, and just, it's very hard to explain this in a way that's not going to get me into a lot of trouble. That car is a load of shit right now.
1: <laughs> well, I- I have to applaud NASCAR in a way, because instead of, you know, in past years with the COT car, you know, after they got away from the, you know, the, the, the Gen 4 car and and got to the Gen 5 and started putting the COT out there, they had a lot of teams that would bitch that, oh, the car's not, you know, doing what I wanted to do. and they. Once they started closing the box on everybody, NASCAR's actually made some pretty crazy adjustments. Uh, I know after the 500, there's a lot of teams that are complaining, uh, in which you can't fault NASCAR for that one. They made the choice to save fuel. That was yeah. not a NASCAR problem. Like, if you chose to sit in line and run quarter throttle or half throttle for, I think they ran it for 25, 30 laps. You're, you're bitching at yourself, like in, in, and Daniel Trotta said it best on on Sirius XM Radio, um, which was, you're asking NASCAR to save you from yourself, yeah. uh, and and that's the same way with the short track package. NASCAR actually listened to what they said, uh, and and adding the implementation of of rain tires for short tracks, and uh, I, I think they made a short track package different. They keep saying more horsepower is going to fix it. I do agree, uh, but you know, maybe, maybe just a little bit uh, of the arrow kind of helps with it as well. You Don't don't take some downforce away from them. Make, yeah. them. make them really fight it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I mean, that's been the argument pretty much in every single series over the last 15 years. It's like, we want more horsepower. Yeah, more horsepower is great, but unless you take the downforce away at the same time, you're pretty much still going to be fighting a losing battle with the dirty air and everything. And I like the fact that you, you got to listen to um, some interviews after the race on Sirius XM
1: rather Ray, than NASCAR actually, Radio Channel 90.
0: Yeah. Rather than the actual broadcast partner. I mean, if you are one of the execs over at Fox, you must be seriously pissed off right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. they They kind of got torched on social media after. I mean, even after last week and then coming into this week, They've just continuously gotten torched. Shane Van Gisbergen last night in the NASCAR Xfinity Series finished third. It was his first ever top five, first ever top ten in the Xfinity Series. And he did not get an interview. The only interviews they did last night was Austin Hill. They interviewed second, which was Chandler Smith. And then they interviewed Jesse Love. Now, granted, I understand why they interviewed Jesse Love. He ran out of gas coming to the second green-white checkered attempt. But Shane Van Gisbergen's your biggest star in the Xfinity series. There was more tweets about SVG last night. He's your biggest international star, too. He's bringing the, a, a, the Australian light back to, to NASCAR. You couldn't talk to him. You had to go to, to bowling. Like, yeah. who gives a shit about bowling? I don't care who's going to win the the, the the professional bowling championship. I want to know when I'm watching the Xfinity series. My top three. I want
0: to I think, talk to them. I think this is like probably the loudest anyone's ever said, I want my speed vision back in like the last... Yeah. I mean, it's been... Oh, it's got to be about ten, it's over 10 years now since... Um, FS1 it's been a started. while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I remember when FS1... I mean, it was called Fox Sports 1 at the time because um, I actually thought they did some cool things back then. Um, Fox Sports Live with Jay and Dan... Um, yeah. right down and talk they were. I mean the thing is ironically this is a little bit how RaceBot Talk was. When we did it last year and we had eight different talking heads, that was pretty much exactly the same as what Foxbots Live did. And it got a little bit too confusing. So we're basically in our FS Live V2 phase where if we were together we'll just have one of these little desks, we'll chew the fat, say some F-bombs and move on. But it's a weird thing because Fox ESPN, and I think it is Paramount. No, so I think it's Paramount. I've got this whole deal coming along of having this kind of like all-in-one sports streaming package. It's just is- like cable. Yeah, it is just like cable. And at this point, all the cord cutters are going to realize that when you add in all of these bundles put together, you're paying about as much as if you had cable. Yeah, you get the same channels, just on yeah. cable. The stupid part about it is, is I remember
1: when FS1 swapped over, I was... Just, I think I was just about to graduate high school, which has been ten years. Yeah, uh, and they swapped over, and it was overnight. Like they closed yeah. out speed, said goodbye. You had the, F, the the Fox Sports, you know, stuff pop up at like eight o'clock in the morning in in, in Alabama, and then bam, we have this great show that they put on uh, originally every morning before they got into all of this, you have to talk about sports and it's all opinionated broadcast. I don't care to listen to Skip Bayless. I don't care to listen to Stephen A. Smith. I want to hear the reports and the news stories coming out of the sports world.
0: If I want to listen to that sort of stuff, I'll turn on the radio. um, Yes. You know, if you want to listen to that sort of stuff, you know, this is when Mike Francesco was its thing. This is when Mad Dog was best, when he was on radio, not shouting at a camera down on, on first sake. Um, I just, just checked, by the way. It's August 17th, 2013, FS1 started. And I do remember that first day's broadcast because I was <clears throat> completely legally watching it from the UK. I know they had a massive UFC card that night because that's when um, Fox had the UFC contract for like the non-pay-per-views, kind of like second-tier events.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had all the the like the prelims and stuff
0: yeah um because i remember that's when i got into ufc actually because that was the whole misha tate versus ronda rousey thing that was going on at the same time uh, when they did whatever that kind of like uh, like reality series they do in the ufc is
1: the but ultimate fighting championship that, that thing that the, the that was pretty hot
0: yeah yeah that was pretty fun especially of those two but if you're a fox exec away from having to either cut away to local programming or cutting away to bowling, which, in my opinion, like, there are certain sports which seem so dumb that you want to watch it. Curling is the example we get in the UK every four years. When the Winter Olympics come around, all of a sudden, we just want to sit there and watch people sweeping up some ice. But apart from that, no one cares about curling. For me, if I want to go and do bowling, I mean, I've got two bowling alleys within, like, a 10-minute drive of me. I'll go there. Um, I might actually get to see some other people and have some fun. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but, you know, I can top up on my sodas, make sure I don't get my blood sugars too high. But bowling is one of those things. Like, we've got bowls in the UK, which is, like, the proper middle-class version of bowling, really, where you basically... It's actually based off a French game called Bouz, and you just basically get a ball and you chuck it. Um, do you chuck it? No, you roll it. Down we this roll like, it, yeah. yeah. you roll it down this little green strip, um, and then you basically try and get as many as close to the centre pin as possible. And you, you see it on TV, and it's like, who the hell over at the BBC paid for the right to watch this crap. This is my actual <laughs> tax money going towards this. I can deal with songs of praise, I can deal with Antiques Roadshow. Show, I can deal with all the dancing crap that like they do, but bowls. Well the thing that I
1: don't I don't understand is how much money did these companies put in and invest in an NASCAR to get the, the the exclusive rights to X amount of races, right? So you think about the half, we split the season in half between Fox and NBC for just this year. Like yeah. the past streaming rights has just been those two since like what, 2014, 2015? Yeah. Why is it that NBC's the only one that does a, a, a damn post-race show? Like, why is it no matter, even if the race goes over, it goes exclusively to Peacock? Why can't there be one on FS1 that is an extreme, it is an exclusive post-race show for it? You have race day, which, yeah, yeah, we all love our pre-race show. I want to talk about the stories after the race. I know they do NASCAR Race Hub, and they do all this great things throughout the week. Fantastic. Fantastic. But even sometimes then they get stepped on. They get pushed back an hour. They get pushed back twenty minutes if uh you know something runs over and and, and whatever. But come on, man. Like you, you NBC can't be the only one that does a damn a, a NASCAR post race show because they have a platform. Fox Sports has a platform as well. They've you got can too. They they've have got
0: PS. FS2 if you really have to go that far. I mean, I know they just show reruns of reruns, but I mean, you've got two channels. That's the thing. And NBC, you know, apart from going to Peacock, they don't actually, they've got less variety these days. Yeah, you can put it over on USA Network because NBCSN's dead. But, you know, NBC is doing a better job with less tools in the box if you're gonna be honest. And I mean I thought this is a reason why um you actually, you know, pay some of this talent. Like Chris Myers. I mean he's not the greatest NFL commentator. I actually think he does a better job at hosting NASCAR than he does actually doing NFL commentary. But I mean, you've got to pay him a certain amount of work. Uh, sorry, a certain amount of money to do work on the flip side. It's not a case of, okay, folks, we're going to see you in one week's time to talk about all the sort of stuff that we should be talking to you right now. Enjoy your bowling, everyone. This has been Fox NASCAR.
1: Well, then on top of that, you think, like, Chris Myers only does the pre-race show. Yeah. And he takes select days off where Adam Alexander goes and does it. Okay? So... You then have Adam Adam Alexander. He does some truck races, all of the Xfinity races that's on Fox. Okay. Then you have him, Shannon Spake and Caitlin Vinci. They do either NASCAR race hub or the NASCAR race day show. Right. And then what do they do post race? Like what, where is it post race? Because Chris Myers does race day. That's it. And that's only the one hour segment he does during the race. They don't go to the mid race race break on the on the like the peacock pick box like they used to do on Fox. They've eliminated all of that extra stuff. When you're watching the race, they kick it back to the race hub studio. So why not send Chris Myers off of the racetrack and send him to the studio and have him be the one who leads your coverage all week long? For NASCAR on Fox,
0: yeah, I mean to be honest, I don't always understand why um, you can't even have, let's say, Chris Myers in the um, race hub studio twenty four seven. Adam Alexander, then you you like you know like on game day where they've got the main stage, but then they flip it down down to you know somewhere else on set, and you have got your secondary yeah. team and all that sort of stuff. It'd be easy to do it that way, but just to add to the mess for Fox, I mean two. Essentially two races in a row, because I don't count the duels as races. Um, I just classify it as the second hardest qualifying race after doing the Indy 500 four laps. And you made a really good point about that, because I joked that on the, our 10th birthday, it's the same um, date that Danica Patrick scored pole position for Daytona. And I think you and I both agree, the hardest qualifying in NASCAR is to get third and fourth place for the Daytona 500.
1: Most certainly is. I mean, you think about it, you go lay a qualifying lap down and and think of the Toyotas, for, for, for goodness sakes. They wasn't even in the top 15 mm-hmm. at the end of poll qualifying day for the Daytona 500, but they had to win. Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick had to go and outrun 21 other drivers to get the win, and they did that. Uh, Just to get third and fourth, granted, they all got collected in mayhem, didn't finish anywhere in the top 15 anyhow, and they let Chevrolet, who had no—Chevrolet didn't win jack shit all week. I mean, they didn't win nothing. They couldn't win the pole. Uh, (laughs) They were third and fourth in regular qualifying. They all got shuffled back during the dual races. I don't think a Chevrolet started inside the top 10 yeah. uh, when it all came, or they, they might have started sixth, I think was the highest Chevrolet runner. Um, they win the race and go one, two at that.
0: Yeah, precisely. It is it is tough. And I say that the only other thing that I think is as hard in terms of qualifying is the traditional four lap average in the yes. car. Indy 500 qualifying. Absolutely. Um, and
1: then bump day. Like, oh, god, yeah. Bump, old school
0: bump day.
1: Old school bump day was probably the most nail-biting day of the year. I mean, you had people like uh, Marco Andretti getting bumped out. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Will Power missed one at one point in time. Like the, some heavy hitter names got yeah. kicked out of the 500 uh, in that type of style. The bump they qualify now where they've pretty much taken the, the other approaches where – oh you're kind of locked in you know we you're guaranteed a spot
0: As uh, to be fair indycar right now even needs to have a third manufacturer and a basically in my opinion they need to make it so that each manufacturer has to supply at least 15 cars that gives you a total of 45 engines for the indy 500 that gives you yourself your 33 car field 12 on the outside looking in there was that one year where penske were basically going around buying cars off people just to try and see if they could get into the field and something else Um, I mean, you know, endurance racing qualifying is its own challenge. It's its own unique thing. You know, having to do it in the day, do it in the night, it can be difficult. Now, But for me, um, Daytona 500 qualifying, in terms of the jewels is important. The actual race, this is where I always feel bad for Fox. Because, of course, they didn't have the race on Sunday. They rained it out pretty early. They're just like, you know what? We're going to go to your local church programming instead. Um, We'll (laughs) see you on Monday. 4.91 4.91 million viewers. That's not a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, they kind of did it in a weird yep. time. And I, I, I saw a lot of people on the, uh, on the Twitter verse and, and a lot of them brought up a good point, but I have to divert to NASCAR did everything they could to do it. Mm. I do think that running the 500 early was smart for the fans that could stay because they knew they had to be at work on Tuesday. They really yeah. didn't care about the Xfinity series race later on in the afternoon. Um, but if you remember the jet dryer incident years 2012. ago with 2012 with Montoya, they did that in primetime on a Monday night. Yeah. And the they stands got packed. point six
0: seven million viewers they got in that twenty twelve race. If they
1: if they took it away from cause it started at four o'clock, right? Yeah. So your your five hundred started at four. A lot of your average Americans are at work yeah and it, i know it was president's day and a lot of people had the day off but there were still a lot of people your blue collar workers that nascar yeah. is kind of straight away from they were at work myself included i was at work till seven if they would have started the 500 at seven thirty or eight o'clock i'm home i'm watching
0: yeah i mean there's no monday night football because the nfl's done that's the whole yeah. reason why they had the daytona 500 after Super Bowl because that way they can basically get all of those sports fans who's like crap we have got nothing to watch anymore and then just give them NASCAR and for the first couple of weeks normally the view ships high I did cock up there by the way The this year's race did 5.96 million viewers it was a 2021 race that did 4.91 but that's because it had a stupid rain delay in there as well but I remember the jet dryer incident Um, one Pablo Montoya hitting a jet dryer do you know that was the official death of Digger
1: it was. Yeah, That's the last time we saw him. All the jet fuel.
0: Yep, because they did have Digger for the Daytona 500 in 2012. They didn't have him in the last bit after the jet dryer incident. And come Phoenix, there was no Digger ever to be seen ever again. Probably one of the best decisions Fox has made. Because I don't know what their fascination is with having animatronics and these random... I mean, I can just about deal with Cletus. But I don't understand why they have to have these stupid mascots. It's like, you know, you and I, we both watch WWE at this point. Like the raw little robot that comes in at the start. It's just like It's it's pointless. It is pointless. I mean, I know that's a Kevin Dunn thing, and thankfully he's gone now. But this is one of these things as well, who are uh, NASCAR in 2024 actually trying to deal with? You mentioned the fact that, you know, they've kind of gone away from their blue-collar roots. They're deliberately targeting streaming to try and get that younger audience in because, actually, Steve Phillips, who is um, kind of the VP who does with all the media stuff and, you know, NASCAR's president, um, even, not a VP. This is why I should actually read and research before I come on this stuff. Um, I'll just cut that out. Phelps, who is NASCAR's president, um, you know, he's talking about the fact that they need to have streaming on this for two reasons. for cord cutters for younger viewers. Um, I still have this whole thing about cord cutting because, you know, where I am at the moment, we don't have um, a TiVo box or anything. So essentially, I am in cord cutting world. It's great until you've got four different people in the house all trying to watch something at the same time. And you're also trying to watch something, you know, streaming is so much better than it was Um, even five years ago. I remember when the NFL had Yahoo Sports in the London games and it was basically you got more time with a little spinning circle than you actually did getting the ball. And I get the reason why they want to go to streaming. I know it pisses off a lot of people and the argument is there. A lot of races are still on Fox. A lot of races are still on NBC. So you can just, you know, plug an aerial into your back of your telly, get your local station, and off you go. But again, from next year, with that what Amazon deal that you've got that's being included, yeah. kind of going back to that middle package, which TNT had such good potential for that, but they just completely butchered it. And I remember... It's Just like they're butchering AEW. Yeah, precisely. I think the only thing that TNT, TNT do well as a company for sports is the NBA. But that's probably more because of the fact they've got Kevin Harden in the commentary half the time and the fact that the um inside the NBA crew, let's be honest, are the best crew of any show on TV for any sport. They're
1: year. the only they're the only crew that's worth it. And, and 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 I would say if if Amazon Prime and if anybody listens to this and, and hears this take, I, I hope they agree and I hope they don't, you know, come at me with pitchforks. If Amazon prime does what they've done to the NFL, NASCAR is going to tank on their platform because Mm -hmm. 90% of the time when people are kicking back to Amazon for their lackluster NFL coverage and the, the the lack thereof spirit that's in the booth, there's going to be a big problem. Like you can barely see the NFL coverage on, on the prime, you know, app you, me and my wife could half ass watch a movie on Amazon Prime and it kept kicking us off midway through the Mario Brothers movie. Like if we rent this movie and we're trying to watch it and we're trying to watch the NFL, we're trusting you with live coverage. Yeah. If you're going to do NASCAR that way and you know, I know they're going to do practice and they're going to they're going to cover qualifying on Amazon Prime and then HBO Max will pick it up and they'll do, you know, coverage for the NBC side of things, but whatever, right? Whatever's going to work. But if you don't have a talented enough crew come in and do it, which I'm curious how that's going to work because they're going to cover practice and qualifying while it's on Fox. So mm-hmm. that'll be streamed on Amazon Prime. Are the NASCAR on Fox broadcasters of Mike Joy, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, are they then going to transfer to Amazon Prime? No, we had
0: him Alexander, in my opinion. He'll go over and do it. Because did he do the. He did the TNT Summer Series. Yeah, Yeah. he
1: did the Summer Series. But then you got to think who they replaced, Ralph Shaheen. They had Ralph Shaheen do it originally, uh, and he was great. I mean, that was the most exciting summer stretch. You know, Mm -hmm. Tony Stewart winning at Daytona, uh, turning Kyle Busch. Ralph Shaheen was – I mean, he was the catalyst uh, of all catalysts. Why he is gone is beyond me. Uh, And then you put – you know, Kyle Petty up there who Kyle Petty's a national treasure. It, yeah. We should protect Kyle Petty with every bit of our American forces, because if we lose him in NASCAR, we're screwed. Like we're absolutely screwed. I mean, Dale jr. Now him and Kyle Petty virtually hold the NBC broadcast together. That's the reason people like they're tuning in for the, uh, for the pre-race and post-race show. Cause Kyle Petty doesn't care. And Dale jr. Doesn't care.
0: Yeah um i'll uh, be honest for me carl petty is nascar's version of bill walton yes simple as that i uh, you cannot i mean where he's going to go now the pack 12 is no longer really a thing i have no idea but you know carl petty is great um actually he was one of those few things that really added some excitement to nascar's tnt schedule um except for when you had that daytona well not daytona it was the what pepsi 400 coke 400 whatever it was at the time um and it was basically how much real estate could we use with adverts at any one time now if amazon do that um i would say i'd turn it off but actually this is the whole thing when you say amazon prime it is amazon prime for america only so for me to watch thursday night football in the uk can't just go into Amazon Prime and watch it. No, 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 no. I have to go and either sign up to Sky Sports or I have to get DAZN, who basically have the um, NFL streaming rights in the UK now, and go through that way. So that's even more confusing. And you are right about the coverage for Thursday Night Football. Now, I like Carissa Thompson, even though she she got in so much trouble for that. Oh, we just make up, you know, stories from coaches uh, at halftime. Um, but the rest of it actually I think Richard Sherman literally today's been arrested for a DUI. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so you know, that's great. Um honestly, I would, if I was Amazon, let Al Michaels finish out the next year, go get Chris Fowler, and have Fowler and Herb Street do Thursday night NFL, Saturday night for college football. Because those two work, it's one of these things, you know, I've been looking after the commentary team at RaceBot for so long. Commentators work best when you've got people that can work with them. Again, like Dave Flash and Bill Walton, as an example. Um, like Adam Alexander and Carl Petty. If you're going to have Amazon Prime for their NFL coverage, you need to have someone who's got the energy of Herb Street to actually work. Um, Al Michaels, and- isn't it? <laughs> no. Our Michaels just looks at his watch and he goes, Well, you know, I've got dinner reservation at eleven thirty. Um we well, still- no, no, he eats
1: a he eats a steak. I know he does. Uh, he eats a steak at the halfway point uh, at yeah. halftime. But the, the 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 stupidest problem about all of it is when it comes to the commentary side is it has gotten old mm-hmm. really quick. Like and I'm not saying that I have all the answers to potentially fix it and 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 we can do whatever. But come on. Like we don't have to go roundy roundy round uh in a million different things to uh to to make it fresh. You have yeah. so many great talents out there. I mean, where's Alan Bestwick where we need him?
0: Mm. Yeah, like, He's one of my Favorite ever college football plays as well. That was when it was Miami Duke, and they had that the the eight laterals in a row. Really good in terms of his um, his college football commentary. He actually didn't do a bad job in terms of IndyCar as well, because he took over after Marty Reed. Well, just became Marty Reed again.
1: Well, and I actually looked up the story of Richard Sherman. He was going seventy nine miles an hour in a sixty at two a.m. Uh, and he was bloodshot. His eyes were bloodshot red and watery. Uh, and they noticed the odor of intoxication. Uh, he claims he only had two margaritas. Well, you know what they say, you know, two margaritas lead to shots and then shots lead to domestic violence.
0: The- oh, <laughs> I knew it was coming up. I knew it was coming up. The question in all that was, did he order any of the alcohol from Amazon? Probably not. I
1: mean, that might be the first and second strike. I know the NFL Network terminated his contract before. You know,
0: That was the whole hotel situation, wasn't it? It
1: was the hotel situation. Now, what is is Amazon going to do with his contract? And what's FS1 going to do with his contract for Undisputed? Uh, That'll move him uh, out. And there'll be nobody there to call Skip Bayless an idiot, except for all the people on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I mean, anyone who actually watches – That's (laughs) um, that's <laughs> crap. Oh, nobody, so I, only I mean, called it crap.
1: Nobody watches Undisputed. They normally watch First Take. I don't watch either yeah. one of them. Um, there's, there's absolutely no reason uh, to ever watch that. I, uh, the only thing I watch on there is Pat McAfee show.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even that's come under a load of stick recently. I will say it's really good to have them back on commentary on, on Raw. just hope that Raw goes down to two hours um, when Netflix takes over it next year. But just to wrap things up. So Fox basically forget how to do a post-game show, post-race show even. Um, they've had not one, but two of their races to start the season, moving days, which has completely screwed over Fan attendant, which is completely screwed over, viewing attendance, at least they're going to Atlanta now. They're, they're getting into the season. Things are going to get a little bit better, right?
1: Well, it's sunny. It's sunny here in the great state of Georgia. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily blame. I, I, I wouldn't push over to Fox and, and you know, say that they can't control the weather. But the, the thing that I, I think they could have controlled a little bit, just a little bit better. I know you want the race attendance to be there. Like, I I understand that. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure people would have stayed and both races, Xfinity and Cup, would have been filled if they started the Xfinity race at 2 o'clock. And say, 5.30, you kick the, the Daytona 500 off. Because then you finish at 10.00 people would probably take that and, and go and go home and do their deal. But instead, yeah. you know, we kick off the Xfinity race at what nine or eight 30. And yeah. then you kick the, you kick the Daytona 500 off. Uh, you even shorted William Byron's stuff. I think the biggest thing Fox needs to get away from is the, the interviewing people at a start finish line, take them yeah. back to victory lane. That's excitement. Like, that that just feels and i'm not i'm not i'm not crapping on the local short track scene cuz you know i'm an announcer down there but it just feels cheap well, it yeah. it feels cheap when you do it in the in the cup series where you have a victory lane the short tracks around the united states and around the globe their victory lane is on the start finish line yeah. and that feels special because every interview you do is in victory lane and you get them in the raw emotion of just coming out of the car it just feels like, uh, Because their crew has to run out to the start-finish line just to make it feel special, and you're just standing on the racetrack going, huh, we'll wait on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only track that I would normally say might be an exception would be if you were to interview them at the Yard of Bricks at Indy, but they do the kissing of the bricks basically like an hour afterwards anyway. Yeah. So you don't even catch Otherwise, it on the broadcast. Um, again, so in short, if you've got FS1, and heck, if you've got FS2, use it. Or, I mean, this is a whole issue for Fox. They haven't got a real streaming service at the moment. That's the one thing that I've never understood why I never went down that route. Um, but hopefully for them, NASCAR is going to get a little bit better moving forward. I think the next time you and I talk, we might actually want to talk a little bit more about sim racing. You know what? I probably shouldn't say this. I managed to write a full race recap from the iRacing Bathurst 12 Hours. I thought I was going to be on commentary. I ended up not being on commentary. Then I had to basically go and rush to my ED department, uh, um, checking on a friend who had been um, whizzed down there. So actually, I didn't watch a single moment of the race. But thanks to the joys of timing and scoring, and some very short notes that are occasionally made by the announcers, There's an 800-word article on RaceBot News right now that I think makes some form of sense.
1: Well, I mean, that's the magic of the internet. You can can keep up with everything on racebot.tv forward slash timing.
0: Yeah, it's actually timing.racebot.tv. Whatever. It really annoys me that they keep on changing all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, for the first podcast, that was not as much shouting as you'd get on first take. But, and we haven't taken the piss out of the Dallas Cowboys because, I mean, we still got months <laughs> to start taking the piss out of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we've got the draft before we even get to that point. Um, but final thoughts before we wrap it up for today? Yeah, I, I, I mean,
1: looking at the grand scheme of things in motorsports, I think it's looking up from here. I mean, uh, short track racing's back in a full swing here in America. Oh. Uh NASCAR is in full swing as well. D car will be starting up here soon, which is good to know that they're going off of the streets of Nashville, going back to the oval, uh, which was a good tradition yes. for them, and uh, that, that always puts a great show on as well. Uh, I'm glad Kentucky's not on anybody's schedule at all. <laughs> um, that, what that, a crap
0: track! That that,
1: was, yeah, was. that that track is that track is hopefully dead and gone. Um, Texas is supposed to get a revamp, uh, so hopefully we're, you know, talking Texas, you know, racing in a better light than what we have for the past seven years. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think it's going to be entertaining to see what uh, what comes about this one.
0: Yeah, and. In in terms of the IndyCar stuff, we're going to talk next week about all these hybrid tests that have been going. I'm really excited for that in terms of IndyCar. they're not actually going to put it on the cars until after the Indy 500. But, I mean, they've got a number of races after that. And, again, they're going to the Milwaukee Mile twice again this year, which I'm so happy that they're doing that. They're doing it on Labor Day weekend, so they should finally get a crowd. Final thing, actually, you talked about crowds. Um, I've been to, you know, the Indy 500 countless times, but I've also been to the Auto Club IndyCar race, when Will Power actually managed to win a world championship. I've been at races where you've had less than 20,000 fans. I've seen races. Milwaukee was one where, when Andretti were promoting it, I think they had less than 15,000 people in the stands one year. I can see the reason why they don't go back to these tracks, even though they make for good racing, because it just looks sad.
1: I think a lot of, uh, a lot of, racetracks now have kind of had sad attendance yeah. i mean the, the the tracks sometimes don't do a very good job of promoting their they're, they're not promoting their product they'll revamp yeah. the logo they'll revamp something um they're just like huh okay oh i'm going back to the same racetrack like there's there's no theatrics to it anymore
0: no it's not and we're losing the variety as well down the line. I, the one thing I'm glad about is that who knows what's going to happen to Auto Club moving forward. Well, that's it. We're done for our first episode. Well, what we're going to do is we, we're going to try and get these out every week. Now, there are going to be times when we're going to basically, you know, preempt some of this So we're going to do two weeks worth of recordings in one just in case you know terry needs to actually work once in a while <laughs> or if i need to go and do something like look after my dogs um, we will get some guests on here as well there will be more sim racing talk as we kind of get through um, things like the E-NASCAR season and get ourselves, of course, through the Porsche Tagore eSports Super Cup by iRacing season. Um, I'm really looking forward to Sebring. So that's in four weeks' time. We'll have a proper recap on that one because it's back to IMSA multi-class action. If there's anything that you do want us to discuss, um, just go to racebot.news, fill out in contact form and we will try and include it. Um, This podcast will be available on Apple, podcasts and we'll get it on spotify as well um for more information about that there will be a dedicated page up on respot news well by the time that you're listening to that one in the meanwhile i'm will vincent he's terry radford we'll see you all next time